Taiwan reported 10 local cases of COVID and two imported cases on Friday, as well as three COVID-related deaths. Despite the low figures, health officials are urging the public to be vigilant over the weekend on which Taiwan's Father's Day falls. Health Minister Chen Shizhong says people with COVID-like symptoms should stay home and rest. Meanwhile, Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe says families celebrating Father's Day by eating out should avoid talking while enjoying their meal. Restrictions on dining in have been lifted, and with Father's Day on Sunday, many families are hoping to celebrate at a restaurant. But Taipei Mayor Ke says people should avoid conversing while dining together. Household infections are currently still the greatest source of cases in Taipei, so for meals, we still advise eating alone. Avoid getting together and chatting as much as possible, and if you are eating with others, avoid talking while you eat. Local governments are on guard to prevent another wave of infections. The health minister also urged caution over the weekend. If you're thinking about heading to your hometown this weekend and you have symptoms, my advice is to stay home and rest. If you do head back, keep your mask on. This is the most basic advice we can give in regard to the holiday. But this weekend, crowds may still pop up at local attractions. To prevent overcrowding, the Taipei government has upgraded its tourism website and app, with a map that shows crowd levels at different tourist sites based on cell phone signal data. A red sign means busy, yellow means moderate crowds, and green means normal levels. The interface also shows traffic near attractions as well as available parking spots. Health officials announced Friday that the locally developed Medigen COVID vaccine will roll out as early as the end of the month in the sixth round of vaccinations. So far, 352,000 doses of the vaccine have cleared government inspections. As of Friday morning, more than 8.41 million people in Taiwan have received at least one dose of a COVID vaccine, reaching a national coverage of 35 percent. Health officials say the next round of vaccinations will greatly deplete Taiwan's stock to just 114,000 doses. When asked about when the next shipment of vaccines will reach Taiwan, Health Minister Chen Shizhong said the schedule was still unknown. Far Eastern Memorial Hospital in New Taipei held an event Friday to thank Japan for its COVID vaccine donations to Taiwan. The hospital's superintendent presented a certificate of gratitude to Japan's de facto ambassador to Taiwan. He said out of the 200,000 COVID vaccines the hospital has administered so far, 80,000 were AstraZeneca doses from Japan. Far Eastern Memorial Hall presented a certificate of appreciation to Japan's de facto ambassador in Taiwan. The hospital wanted to thank Japan for donating AstraZeneca vaccines to Taiwan when they were most needed. Everyone at the ceremony donned face masks with the flags of Japan and Taiwan to celebrate the friendship between the two countries. Japan donated, in three batches, a total of 3.34 million vaccines to Taiwan. It should be nothing special to help a neighbor in trouble. Taiwan has always been a good neighbor of Japan, so Japan of course wanted to help. 
Far Eastern Memorial Hospital Superintendent Chiu Guanming also spoke at the ceremony, which was his first public event since being appointed to the post. He said Japan's donations had allowed the hospital to achieve a speedy vaccine drive. We administered 200,000 vaccines. 41% of those were AstraZeneca vaccines from Japan. Another 38% were Moderna vaccines from the U.S. Over this time period, our hospital has played a big role in boosting Taiwan's vaccine coverage. As of August 5th, Far Eastern Memorial Hospital has administered 200,000 COVID vaccines, of which 80,000 were AstraZeneca doses donated by Japan. The hospital says it still has about 1,700 doses in stock. The Japanese envoy said Japan's representative office in Taiwan had received an outpouring of gratitude on social media because of the donation. We received a huge amount of thank you messages in mail. I was extremely touched. I always cheer for Taiwan's athletes. There's only two days till the end of the Olympics, so I hope Japan and Taiwan will be able to perform even better these two days. The representative said he was rooting for Team Taiwan in Tokyo, adding that he hoped the athletes' sporting achievements would bring the two countries even closer together. Commodity prices in Taiwan have grown by 1.95% since last year. The cost of food items such as eggs and meat has gone up by 5 to 10%. Vegetables have become even more expensive due to the drought and flooding in the first half of the year. Over in local markets, the price of some produce has doubled in just two weeks. It's a gloomy day at the market and this vendor has got some appetizing looking greens on sale. The veggies are glistening but also more expensive than before. Just half a month ago, these leafy greens on the counter used to go for 50 NT for two caddies. Now, 50 NT will get you just one caddy. They've doubled in price. This plump loofah now costs 50 NT. One week ago, that price could get you three. Even the vendor says the increase is too much. There was the drought starting in April and the recent flooding. The changing weather has led to some problems over the quality of the goods. Prices have doubled. Cabbage goes for up to 69 NT per caddy, but when you plop it on the scale, each head can cost upward of 300 NT, far too expensive for those with a tight food budget. According to government statistics, July's consumer price index was up 1.95 percent from 2020. The biggest price leaps were vegetables, which became 20 percent more expensive than last year. The price of eggs is higher by 10 percent, and meat now costs 5 percent more than before. Families say they've noticed their food expenses growing. Economists say the leap in consumer prices hit separate income brackets differently. Amid price increases, low-income households feel the pinch much more than middle or high-income households. Low-income households spend most of their money on daily necessities. Recently, the price of foodstuff has grown a lot. 
On top of that, some households may not have a steady income due to furlough and so on, so it has a bigger impact on low-income households. Meanwhile, fuel and oil prices as well as flight prices have leapt by more than 20% year-on-year. With rising living costs, high-income households may not feel any change at all, but for low-income households, it may mean a struggle to make ends meet. Officials and experts from Taiwan and Denmark recently held an online forum to discuss ways to carbon neutrality by 2050. Among the participants was the head of Taiwan's Council of Agriculture, Minister Chen Ji-chung. Chen said Taiwan had already made headway into reducing carbon output in the agricultural sector, which now accounts for just 2% of Taiwan's emissions. He said Taiwan hoped to learn from the Danish experience to further reduce its carbon output. The Trade Council of Denmark and Taipei, the Livestock Research Institute, and the Circular Taiwan Network held a webinar on Taiwan and Denmark's shared goal of achieving carbon neutrality in the agricultural sector by 2050. Agriculture Minister Chen discussed the steps Taiwan has taken to reduce its carbon footprint. Today, emissions from the agricultural sector account for less than 2% of Taiwan's total carbon output. The minister pointed out that oil consumption in fishing vessels had been reduced by 74 percent since 2000. He also said that Taiwan had introduced ideas from the circular economy, such as generating energy from pig manure. 20 years ago, Taiwan's agricultural sector produced more than 8 million tons of carbon dioxide, which we have since reduced by 3 million tons. The agricultural sector now emits about 5 million tons of CO2. But we still want to work toward our goal of reducing our carbon emissions. First, when it comes to livestock, 2.5 million pigs, which is 50% of the pigs in Taiwan, are now part of the biogas capture and use cycle. We hope to bring in all of Taiwan's more than 5 million pigs into it. That's our goal. We hope we can learn from Denmark on this front. Meanwhile, the climate director for Denmark's Agriculture and Food Commission said Denmark monitored the timing and procedures for manure processing very closely. He added that special attention was paid to other factors that contribute carbon emissions, such as temperature control in livestock farms and feeding processes. In Denmark, we have strong cooperatives where we focus on optimization, in the value chain, sustainable intensive production, and food safety and animal welfare. Both Denmark and Taiwan have set a goal of net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Experts say implementing concepts from the circular economy and international cooperation are key to achieving that goal and avert climate crisis. In Denmark, we share the aim to be carbon neutral by 2050 with the intermediate goal to reduce our emissions by 70% in 2030. We believe that agriculture and the food cluster in general holds many of the keys to reducing emissions. But we need to involve the entire value chain. We must work together also internationally. We believe Taiwan and Denmark's livestock industry, by working together, we can lead the change. Taiwan and Denmark can co-commission selected researches and studies like, say, a food study, focusing on what a 2050 net zero lifestyle would mean to the food industry.
to the livestock industry and initiate livestock externalities diagnostic comprehensively. Taiwan and Denmark said they hope to establish a cooperative platform to achieve carbon neutrality by 2050. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Chen Bohan in Taipei. Team Taiwan has won more medals than ever before at the Olympics, ranking in at number 18 in the world with two golds, four silvers and six bronzes. The athlete's outstanding performance also means the biggest prize money handout yet. Top performing athletes will be getting a total of more than 168 million NT, with gold medalists receiving 20 million NT each from the government. Things are wrapping up in Tokyo, and Taiwan's athletes are gradually making their way back home. Up on the scoreboard, Taiwan has so far netted two gold medals, four silvers, and six bronzes. This is already a record-breaking Olympics for Taiwan. Prior to Tokyo, Taiwan's best performance in the Olympics was in Athens 2004, when Taiwan took home two golds, two silvers, and one bronze for a total of five medals. Having more than doubled that year's medal count, the Ministry of Education is making plans to celebrate. Welcoming them with a banquet and a parade are ideas we are currently considering. In terms of whether to do so and how to hold the events, we will respect the CECC and any relevant pandemic measures. This is what we are discussing. Discussions are underway on whether to follow precedent and celebrate the Olympic achievements with a parade. Regardless of whether that goes ahead, outstanding athletes will be receiving a sizable payout from the government of Taiwan for their achievements. Gold medalist weightlifter Guo Xingchun and gold medal badminton duo Li Yang and Wang Qilin will each get 20 million NT from the central government. Meanwhile, factoring in a 50% bonus for gymnastics, silver medalist Li Zhikai will receive a 10.5 million NT award. Archer Tong Zhijun, who won silver in the men's group event and placed fourth in individuals, will get 10 million NT. Over in table tennis, Lin Yunru's stellar performance in men's singles, mixed doubles, and the men's team will gain him 9.5 million NT. Meanwhile, Queen of Badminton Dai Ying will receive 7 million NT for her silver medal. All combined, 28 Team Taiwan athletes that placed in the top eight in their sports will be receiving a total of 168.25 million NT from the central government, a record high amount. Activists are calling on local media outlets to refer to Taiwan's Olympic team as Team Taiwan rather than Chinese Taipei. They say that the Olympic name can be misinterpreted to mean that the athletes are competing for the People's Republic of China. Activists say the National Communications Commission should urge local media outlets to use the word Team Taiwan to avoid confusion. Chinese Taipei Taipei. Chinese Taipei has the words China and Taipei in it. The word China has long had negative connotations. Especially since the start of the COVID-19 outbreak, it's been associated with the virus. However, very few TV stations are like FTV, having Taiwan at heart and using the expression Team Taiwan in all of their broadcasts. Nearly all of the media outlets use Chinese Taipei. What is this Chinese Taipei? That name is completely out of place. The 1981 Lausanne Agreement decided our name. That was 40 years ago. We live in a democratic age now. I believe if we yell out loud, our name is Taiwan, Taiwan will be Taiwan. 
Activists say that many foreign media companies have already dropped the label Chinese Taipei in favor of Taiwan to avoid confusion. They say government media outlets such as the Central News Agency and the Taiwan Public Television Service should follow suit, arguing that using Chinese Taipei is disrespectful to the country. Li Yang and Wang Qiling defeated their Chinese rivals last Saturday in Tokyo. The pair took gold after their winning shot landed on the line in their opponent's court. And right away, a stylized image of that winning shuttle hitting the back line went viral. There's now a face mask bearing the image of the badminton court in white and green along with the word Taiwan. The Land Bank of Taiwan, the sponsor of the duo, is considering a credit card with the design. White lines on a green badminton court with a tiny black shuttle hitting the line. The shot that won gold. The image has quickly become a symbol of Taiwanese pride. There are calls on the internet to make it the new national flag and clamor for products bearing the image. The message is clear. Masks, t-shirts, bags, credit cards, we'll take whatever you've got. When we watched the replay of that match, the footage, in that moment we asked our visual editor to make a design and typeset it. We wanted to mass produce it as a mask as soon as possible so that everyone can be more a part of the Olympics. Internet users have offered an in-depth breakdown of the symbolism. The white lines are the T of Taiwan. The black shuttle in the center means Taiwan is the center of the world, not a peripheral pawn. The top section of green represents the Hoklu and Hakka people who migrated to Taiwan from China. The bottom right section of green is immigrants who came to Taiwan with the nationalists in 1949. The bottom left is Taiwanese indigenous people and other more recent immigrants. Overall, the white on green represents the sunshine of freedom shining on a green and vibrant earth lush with vegetation, a land of plenty. When our materials are all ready, we'll have the capacity to produce about 50 to 60,000 masks a day. We expect profit growth of 40 to 50 percent at least. We could have even better outcomes going forward and release more related merchandise. The first printing of the mask was quickly sold out. The manufacturer is rushing to secure more production. They think they've sold over 300,000 pieces so far. Now, fans are waiting to see whether the Land Bank of Taiwan, which sponsors Li and Wang, might follow suit and launch a credit card with the design. Taiwan's life expectancy at birth has risen to a record high of 81.3 years, according to statistics from 2020. Broken down by gender, men can expect to live 78.1 years and women 84.7. That's 7.9 years and 9.7 years higher than the world average, respectively. Of the six municipalities, Taipei has the highest life expectancy at 84.1 years, with lower expectancies the farther south you go. Meanwhile, East Coast counties have a lower life expectancy than the West. Hualien's is 3.9 years lower than the national average, and Taidong is 4.8 years lower. The Ministry of the Interior says one of the factors for the disparity is the higher standard of medical care 
in northern Taiwan. One major side effect of the COVID-19 pandemic is changes in the prevalence of other health issues. Non-COVID respiratory diseases rates have gone down by half in the last 18 months. That's largely due to the unprecedented mask wearing and social distancing. But for clinics that specialize in treating coughs and colds, having too few patients is now a financial threat. One survey found that a quarter of pediatric clinics are considering shutting down. It's the crack of dawn and people file into this pediatric clinic. They've all booked to have a COVID vaccine here. The vaccine doesn't entail a registration fee. The clinic can only apply for payment from the government after the fact. Real patients are few and far between. With everyone wearing masks, respiratory infection rates are less than half of normal. Ear, nose and throat clinics, as well as pediatric doctors, have few patients, little income and big bills to pay. Many clinics I know are shutting their doors. Some are shrinking their services. What else can you do when you don't have income to pay your staff salaries? You can borrow money from a bank or mortgage your equipment. Our association has received a number of pleas for financial assistance. A survey by the Taiwan Pediatric Association found that 73% of clinics have seen patient numbers fall 65% since June 2019. Half of the clinics surveyed are considering redundancies and may drop medical or administrative staff. 48% of clinics have cut consultation hours and 24% are considering closing entirely. A typical clinic has fixed monthly outlays of at least 300,000 NT. That means you need at least 30 or 40 patients a day to sustain those fixed running costs. What we can do is expand from treating children to treating the whole family. There are some medical issues that aren't in fixed specialties, simple health services for adults or simple treatments, but they all need some in-depth understanding. Clinics are searching for ways to survive. Some are supporting larger vaccine centers, others are going into elderly care or home visits. But in the long term, major shakeups may be in order for some businesses.